What up, what up, what up, what is going on everyone? Special treat for you guys today on this episode of Snug Wrestling Podcast. I had a nice little sit down with Dylan, a friend from last week in Wrestling Podcast today. And we talked about a lot of the current topics that are going on in wrestling. A lot of the most popular current topics like Jade Cargill, like the tag team division in WWE. And we also got into some stuff that had to do with AEW, MJF, and our conversation drifted into a whole bunch of different stuff in the wrestling world and remember hit me up at snug wrestling on all my social media accounts and be sure to hit up last week in wrestling podcast as well they're on youtube and tiktok be sure to follow like comment share and subscribe this is snug wrestling and last week in wrestling podcast let's go does Kayfabe injuries really make a difference in building pay-per-views. Is there an actual tag team division being reformed? And, of course, what the hell is going on with that devil mask? Here and a whole lot more is what we're going to talk about right now on the Last Week in Wrestling podcast. How will I sit up in the nose, please? How will I stop until they know me? I want you all to listen closely Before I motherfucking proceed Yeah, when you're grinding on the road, team And they're complacent with their road, teams. All righty. What's going on? How's everybody doing? It is Thursday night, so you know what that means. It is time for the Last Week in Wrestling podcast. I am, of course, your host, Dylan, of the Last Week in Wrestling podcast. And what a time to be alive. Don't call it a comeback just yet, because, of course, I got a returning guest who was with us a few months back for an awesome watch-along, Edgar from the Snug Wrestling. Edgar, how are you, buddy? Missed you. I'm so happy for you to be on now the podcast version of what we do here over on YouTube. Yeah, it's definitely been a while, man. You know what? I've been seeing your videos and, you know, all these cool guests that you've been having on your show. And I'm just like, man, what do I have to do to get on this, to be a part of the last week of wrestling podcast too? I haven't been on here in a while, but I'm here now. And uh, I'm good, man. I'm good to be. I'm happy to be here, and it's good to get to see you again and talk to you again and talk yeah. some wrestling. Yeah, of course. Yeah, listen, I'm so happy to have you. I know we've been doing a lot of crazy bookings. We got a whole bunch of people coming on in the next couple of weeks, going into Thanksgiving. We got big names coming as well throughout the rest of this year. Of course, a whole bunch of watch-alongs, pay-per-view watch-alongs. It's it's just crazy, but you know. I wanted to have you on. I missed you. Uh, You were such a great guest for that watch along. And you looked like you were having such an amazing time the last time you were with all of us. So I'm happy. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm so happy to come back. Yeah, I was having uh, way too much fun last time, man. Yes, you were. It's Uh, all right. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember, but uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, it was a good time. So, yeah. Yeah, man. No, listen. I'm happy you were happy, and I'm happy, of course, now to have you back because, of course, this is the last week in wrestling podcast where each and every weekday we talk about a whole slew of topics that are coming across the wrestling TikTok world or the wrestling community in general, drama, 
highlights, topics, and of course, we do fantasy booking over here. So definitely do not be afraid. And of course, if you want to join us live, head over to youtube.com slash last week in wrestling podcast and hang with us each and every week. We're bringing you guys live watch alongs, whole bunch of TikTok comments, whole bunch of everything happening there. So definitely do not be afraid to come over and hang out with us each and every week. The whole rest of this week, we got watch-alongs. We got the big match this Saturday, which we're going to talk about, of course, tonight on the pod. But let me let me let you have the floor for a little bit, man. Who are you? Let the people know who you are, what you do, what kind of content you'll be making over there and snug, and then what's going on? Oh, man, you're going to put me on the hot seat, huh? The, absolutely, the, absolutely. The That's the point of the yeah. show. That's the point of the show. <laughs> well... Well, thank you for that, Dylan. Um, well, my name is Edgar. Um, I'm from Sacramento, California. I'm over go. here repping the Kings. We won last night, by the way. Right. I just wanted to throw that out there. So, but um, yeah, um, I have a little wrestling podcast that uh that I've been that I've been doing here and there every chance I get. And man, see the thing about me, the reason that I started doing the podcast is because all of this shit that's happening with AW and WWE fans and you know the the bumping of the heads and i didn't really have one side to pick i'm kind of like where's claudio from cesaro he's from switzerland WWE. right so yeah switzerland right so that's that's me when, when it comes to the, right this with this whole wrestling thing but yeah. there was a lot of things that I didn't really understand, like, for example, one of the big ones that I get a lot of shit about is John Moxley, right? Ah. So John Moxley, from the beginning, from the WWE days, I was never a fan of John Moxley. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, because I had all of these people telling me like, oh, he's so great. And oh, he's won all these titles. And, you know, he does all these things. And I'm just like, what's. I don't see it. Like, is there something wrong right. with me? Like, I don't, I don't get it. So that's pretty much what I talk about on my podcast. Like if I don't like something, I'm going to call it. It doesn't matter which brand it is. If it's AEW or if it's WWE, I'm, I'm going to call it how it is. And if I don't like it, I don't like it. I mean, that doesn't mean that I'm hating. It's just, I don't like it. And here are the reasons X, Y, and Z. Right. And that's the, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to, you know, you, you know, everyone has their own opinions or whatever. So with my, my podcast, I'm, I'm just pretty, pretty much brutally fucking honest as possible. And I don't care if people get upset or if they get mad and you're just going to hear the God honest truth on my, on my podcast. So a lot of unpopular takes, um, on my show, a lot of strong takes, um, not easy for the, for the lighthearted listeners, you know? Um, but I just, I mean, I know you, you probably hear it all the time or, you know, I, I just keep it real or whatever, but oh, I mean, yes. honestly, that's, that's really what it is. That's what I do on my show. And, you know, you can, you can catch me on any social media platform. I'm actually not even used to doing video podcasts. I'm I'm only doing audio podcasts. Um, so thank you, Dylan, for taking me out of my my comfort zone. There you and, go. Uh, helping me out with 
video podcast. I think we'll see how this goes. I might have to uh, make this a regular thing, but I usually just do audio. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify, uh, Mm -hmm. YouTube, but it's all audio for now. But, you know, maybe after today, I don't know. Who knows? I might get into this video stuff, too. It's kind of fun. It is. It is. It's nice because you get to really interact with one another. You get to see who you're talking to. It becomes a little bit more of a, a, a personal experience and stuff. And I feel like that's one of the biggest points that for here, for us, what we do here on the pod is that we want to have that very personal one-on-one with our guests and everybody, because for us, you know, we, me and you can text all day, FaceTime all day and talk about wrestling, talk about WWE, AEW. We can talk about whatever, whenever, but it's nice to have this carved out space where we can finally just be able to talk and freely and have a nice, like open platform to have all these people be able to join us live in the comments and even pitch their opinions and have different perspectives of how they're viewing it compared to how we're viewing it. And honestly, that to me is one of the biggest points of why I do what I do here on the channel. You know, you've seen it, you've been a part of the watch alongs. We've had people from all across the world. We've had people from Denmark. We've had people from all parts of the United States from, you know, Canada even. So us, you know, that's a big, big thing for us to have that type of multi-diversity platform where anybody of whoever um, can come on and be able just to bullshit and talk wrestling, you know? And I think that's the best part of it all. This is a great and wonderful community that we're a part of as, you know, not just fans, but as content creators ourselves, like, this is a big thing. This is a big um, difference in what it used to be from where everyone was just on the radio talking and not really expressing too many opinions or whatnot. And then it turned into this um, now free flowing platform that we're on now. And, And honestly, it's really fun. It's really fun. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. And, you know, I'm happy to have you, man. You know, this is, this is awesome. I'm so happy we were able to make this happen. I'm so happy to have you back on. I can't wait for another time that you're on a watch along. Hopefully it's on another pay-per-view that's coming up soon or whatnot. So hopefully that will be something that we could talk about after words and whatnot. But yeah, let's let's kind of get into the show now, man. Like um, we've had a lot of things happen. I know me and you have exchanged a lot of TikTok mm-hmm. videos and comments on both of our stuff on, on the things that we posted and stuff. I know that you're a big Akira Tozawa fan as of recently. So, you know, it's it's nice to uh nice to see <laughs> that you're also loving the Alpha Academy. Oh man of the Alpha Academy. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a lot of people have their oh boy of, of what uh Akira Tozawa is doing over there. But before we get into Akira Tozawa, let's talk about kayfabe for a little bit. Because as we know, as of course wrestling fans, there's been throughout multiple generations of wrestling, whether it was WWF, ECW, TNA, and the list goes on, where going into big platforms, big pay-per-views mostly, you get these kayfabe injuries that either could put the wrestler, the opponent in a hot seat almost, and put them in this predicament where now... You know, will they be able to bounce back from that broken leg that they just did two weeks ago? Or unbelievable, Cody Rhodes is injured again, going into, you know, Crown Jewel. And it's, 
you know, with all that being said, how is your take on kayfabe when you see it, when it comes down to the big platforms of the pay-per-views when we're building them? You know, now Cody Rhodes was just, quote-unquote, injured again, going into this Damian Priest match at Crown Jewel. So what are your take on the uh, kayfabe injuries overall? What's your thoughts? Well, injuries, they fucking suck. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here, but they it's a part of the game. It's a part of the wrestling world. Um, it happens a lot, especially in a sport like pro wrestling. And it's just it, it just comes with it. But it just depends. Every situation is different. When it comes to, for example, if there's a title involved, like we, we like we're right now actually witnessing with the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, MJF and Adam Cole. Right. Adam Cole got injured and he wasn't even in a match. He Correct. got injured by himself doing a run-in, you know, trying to come out and help his buddy MJF. Well, he's right. out of the picture. He's getting surgery. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. A surgery can take up to six months, and it all depends on that too. Right. But MJF, he, they haven't relinquished the titles. They're still holding on to the championships. And MJF even defended them himself in a handicap match. So mm -hmm. it just it's just one of those things that it's bound to happen. And mm -hmm. as a major company, as a big company, WWE, AEW, any company, it should be expected. And right. they should be ready for whatever comes their way. They should they should all be ready for it. And to an extent, I think everyone that runs the shows and the companies, they 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 are ready for it. Um and we've, you know, going back to history, when Stone Cold Steve Austin broke his neck, you know, right. uh, with Owen Hart, he wasn't wrestling, but he was still on the TV shows, cutting mm -hmm. promos, you know, having some FaceTime. You know, the fans were still able to see him in the arenas. Same thing with, uh, you know, we just saw Alexis King, his dad, Brian Pillman Sr., who also, you know, had that terrible, terrible car accident. He couldn't wrestle. He was on a wheelchair, but he was still making appearances on TV. Right. So it just it just depends on the storyline. It just depends on the situation. Um, it's bound to happen. Of course. And it just you, you just gotta have to take the blows as they come. And just it, it's like that old wrestling saying goes: making chicken salad out of chicken shit, or making or. You know, something like pretty much making lemonade out of lemons type thing situation. I gotcha. I gotcha. No, I, I, I see exactly what you're saying. But my, you know, my my rebuttal to that then is the, the more or less the faked injuries that we do see from time to time, separating the actual ones that have happened. Of course, like you said, mm. you know, we do get the Adam Coles where he's running and because he decided to land you know, improperly due to the excitement and adrenaline, what have you, or, you know, the car crash from just life being life for Brian Pillman Sr., you know, those things absolutely definitely play a part, and that becomes a part of that story 100%. And sometimes it makes this fun thing a lot more interesting for many of us who are watching the shows. But when it comes to the, to the, the fake ones, more or less, the ones that – happen and the wrestlers are 
kind of putting on the act of I've been injured. Now I got to walk around the red carpet with a hand brace or this or that and really selling themselves that character that they portray on TV. Do you feel like it does add that fake injury more or less compared to the real ones, a nice build around pay-per-views or do you feel like those things, unless they're real should just be left alone and just have a different build for pay-per-views going forward. Mm, no, because those fake injuries, they can also help out the storylines or whatever's happening on the TV show. Uh, you don't really see them that often, I don't think. But like earlier in the, you know, well, back in my day, you know, um, there's a lot of people that would get written off TV. Now, not so much. You know, people would go through a table and then they would be off TV for two or three weeks or whatever. They have to uh, take some time off or they have, you know, some family matters or whatever the case may be. Well, let's write them off TV. Let's, uh, you know, hit them with the concerto or, you know, blow a freaking fireball on their face or something like that. No, I don't think it's uh, it's anything bad to have these fake injuries. Now, we also live in, you know, 2023 with social media pretty much ruins everything. Mm -hmm. um, you hear about wrestlers that get injured, quote unquote, but then you see them, you know, go do something else outside of the wrestling. But that's just the life, you know, the time that we live in now. There's no avoiding that. And you, sometimes you kind of still suspend your disbelief a little bit and just be like, mm -hmm. When they do come back, just ignore the fact that everything, everything that was happening outside, what matters is what's happening on this show, on this program. Like, this is what I'm invested in, you know? So sometimes you kind of just have to be like, you know, fuck everything else that, that's happening outside of wrestling, you know? Right. No, and that, that is a good point. That is a good way of looking at it, too, because sometimes for myself even – you know, I do I do barter and trade sometimes with a lot of the the injuries, you know, when it comes to them. You know, real injuries are hard to fake. Those are the hard ones, the car accidents, the falling off of a ladder when you're putting on your roof or something of a of environmental out of your realm of being able to dictate how it's supposed to end for you. I feel like that's um, you know, that's part of life, man. You know, we could walk out of here right now and and you know, tumble down the stairs and break our leg or you know, whatever, but you know, God forbid, you know, I don't want none of that to, to happen to any of us. But with that being said, you know, the ones that more or less almost, like I said, feel like they drive that pay-per-view to more of an excitement. Maybe it is, you know, I'm, I'm playing that 50-50 card a little too close to the chest of realism. You know, when I look at wrestling, it, it, to me, it's an art, you know, and, and the more real of an art form it can be and the way that it can be enhanced is a lot more enticing for me as a fan than me as just watching it and being like, well, we all know that that such and such injury is, is been put on. It's not real. It's, you know, it's, it's not really mm. pulling me into the story that they're trying to tell. Maybe without it, they could have been a little bit more optimistic on their creative decisions and been able to derive a different type of outcome to build for that pay-per-view that's coming up instead of almost clawing at the idea of, well, you know, if we pretend that such and such happens and, and then this is the thing that now he has to deal with and, you know, it brings that like underdog story for said wrestler, then, you know, it, yeah. it, 
you know, it almost pulls me out of that that creative room and it, it makes me feel like, okay, like, was this the best we could come up with here? Like, we have geniuses that are running billion dollar well, let companies. Me tell you, well, let me tell you, that's exactly what happened to me with that match between Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Was it, I think, a cage match or Hell in was a it Hell in a Cell? Where Cody, yeah, where Cody Rhodes had, you know, the torn peg, yeah, right? So Cody Cody Rhodes comes out. Well, first of all, it was announced a couple days before the pay-per-view that he had yep. injured himself working out or something like that. Correct. So we see Cody Rhodes show up, and he has that big old bruise, right? Yep. So I said, I was like, that's makeup. That's bullshit. I'm not buying it. And that completely took me out of the match, and I didn't really enjoy the match as much as wow. I would like okay. to. Right. Fast forward, fast forward months later, and we see like all the video packages of Cody Rhodes getting the surgery and, you know, going through the process. And he actually was injured throughout that right. match. So I kind of I kind of <laughs> went back and I was like, damn, that is actually crazy. Yeah. But at that time, at that time, I didn't buy it. I was like, right. nah, like, no nah. Yeah. No, but then you know later on it turned out that it was it was a it was a shoot. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. It. You know. And and that's a really good example because you know to many fans who don't watch this business as thoroughly as myself and you have throughout the years of watching it throughout the generations, like it it, it does become this like okay, how good of a makeup team is that person to where they can make us believe that that's a torn pectoral muscle that quote unquote a few days before this hell in a cell was getting built up to be now is a, is a real thing. And then of course, you know, finding out in those video packages that, you know, he had to get surgery and, and retrain and redo his whole body in a different way to be able to be more lumber and, and, and be able to have that ability again that he once did when he came back, you know, and, and that itself, you know, it does drive that, <coughs> excuse me, that narrative, forward in that match and that contention for that match. So, you know, it definitely, like I said, I feel like at least for me, you know, it, it, it borders on how well written or well portrayed a lot of these not real injuries. And I, you know, I want to make sure we're, I'm very specific here because real injuries are very hard to fake. You know, they're very hard to pull off. Like they're very hard to just, walk off and, and call it a day. It's the, the fake injuries that are portrayed to us live on television that is a part of the story's redemption for set wrestler, male or female, to come back and have that opportunity and that glory moment at certain pay-per-views or certain match types that happen down the road for set person. You know, so that that's really where I'm at. With it, I, I, I do barter on that 50-50 because, again, it to me, it comes down to how well creatively you can draw me into it. And if you could draw me into it well to where, you know, Cody taking off that, that coat that he has and showing that and still be able, be able to function and wrestle at a top-tier performance is very impressive. You know, like even another thing that happened was – at WrestleMania, I believe, night two with Edge and Finn Balor. Edge, you know, broke open Finn Balor's skull. And they, you know, he was just 
soaked. His whole head was covered in blood. And he was, yeah. you know, actually injured from the, you know, the way that the chair connected with him without him really guarding. Now, that's just, you know, as a real injury that unfortunately costed him that moment. And, you know, they had to kind of finish it very differently and very quickly because of the amount of blood the you know, Finn was losing at the time. And, you know, all of those mm -hmm. staples that were put into the guy's head and he then capitalized on it by making the fun T-shirts and, you know, walking around his nine staple Finn and, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all <clears throat> good and well. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they didn't really, you know, they tried to capitalize on it with some matches here and there when he started to come back into that single scene or tag team scene. But overall, like, I felt like they they too felt that it just wasn't hitting the way they thought it was going to hit due to the injury. And, you know, that itself kind of made them back away from it and let him heal, let him actually be able to come back fully, fully restored and now be able to be the Finn Balor that we now know him to be as, which is, you know, very good and talented. But, you know, again, uh, it, all, yeah. it all. I mean, just, just, just ask John Moxley about that too. Yeah. I mean, he's you know, had the same shit, the same shit happening with him. Head. Those, those wooden sticks on his head, it's been, you know, that concussion that he just had with Ray Phoenix, you know, for that mm -hmm. international championship. That that was real. Mm -hmm. that, that, that was a real injury that we all watched live on television. And, mm -hmm. you know, we unfortunately had to sit by and do nothing because, you know, us, us what are we fans going to be able to do? But, you know, that, you know, they kind of didn't capitalize on it. They made sure that he healed and was – away for a while but now that he's back he's in action he's ready to go then it's good it's nice to see him back so yeah i mean yeah. like i said the point the point that at least i i felt that you know and the reason for the topic of of that was that you know i'm curious to see what your thoughts were with kayfabe you know injuries more or less than actual ones due to the possible capitalizing on on pushing story narratives and and everything else in between but i do i do like your points I do respect your points a lot, and uh, I think, uh, you know, you definitely opened my eyes to a different look when that next KFAB injury comes along. I might have to relook at that Cody and Damian Priest thing that happened recently um, and everything leading now into Crown Jewel with now the Edgar set of eyes and, and mind instead of uh, hmm. my mind and whatnot because uh, maybe now I might be a little bit more excited for set match than, than not. So 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 you didn't so you didn't like that that spot with Damian Priest and Cody. You thought that was like, not needed. Same thing no. with Brock. I, I I thought it wasn't needed. Like I you know Brock is. We already know he's a beast. He's an animal, and and he's out for carnage. He's out for bodies, and him causing Cody the injury, so on so, and then them capitalizing, seeing him at like a yacht party with the cast on and the red carpet with the cast on and out in public getting groceries with the cast on. Like, it's just like, okay, like, you know, we get it, but like, you could also like, hey, some, people still, some, some people still want to keep kayfabe alive. And but yeah, fun. but when it, but with Cody Rhodes, it <laughs> did seem like every time before his big match, he was getting injured one way, shape right. or form, you know? Um, we're seeing it now when, you know, or we were seeing it with Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura, but I don't think that spot with Damian Priest and Cody Rhodes is going to play into their match at crown jewel. I think that was just, 
for whatever reason they wanted to do it that night. Mm-hmm. Um, there hasn't really been anything said about Cody Rhodes still being injured after that or, you know, anything like that. So I think that was just a one and just done. Cause, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, great. You know, it, it, it helps. I feel, you know, showing Damien's power and ability to take someone down like Cody um, with how hot they are making Cody to be, even though he seemingly can't finish the story that we've been waiting for him to finish since last year uh, and everything with Roman. So hopefully they uh, get him more on a, on a different path to something else. And that injury, like you said, or that moment, I should say, uh, that moment that happened with him and Damien on, on Monday kind of was a one-time done, you know, done deal. And we kind of are going to go back yeah. and do that, that, that excitement. Yeah. I want to say, I want to, yeah, I want to say that that was mostly done just kind of like a, a heat spot, you know, for Damien Priest, like you said, to show his um, his aggressiveness or, you know, how much of a heel he can be. Um, also kind of builds up the match that they're going to have at Crown Jewel, um, which they're trying to build that up. They still got, what, like a week to do that? Um, so I think that was really the- along those lines. Yeah. A week, maybe, yeah. maybe two weeks now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, again, and that's just me being yeah. picky, you know, I, I, I'm picky, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm picky with yeah. certain things I eat, certain things I drink, certain things with like, you know, it's just, it comes nah. down to that as well, but. Yeah, no, it's I mean, not. I, it's not about being. It's not about being picky. <laughs> Trust me, I get that shit all the time. They're like, oh, you know, you're always you're too picky. You're always complaining. Just enjoy the show. And it's no, it's not about that. It's just, I just I like certain things and I don't like certain things. And if I don't right. like certain things, I'm not. I'm gonna speak on it. You know, that's. So you can be picky all you want, man. Feel free. Yeah, yeah. All right. I guess that's the nice part about being content creators. We can kind of pick and choose what we want to talk about and whatnot and, and, and stand on the hills. We want to almost die on at some aspects or another, but um, as we kind of wrap up that topic now, let's, let's talk about how the fact that recently on Monday night roll, besides that Cody and Damian moment, we had of course, DIY new day alpha Academy with your boy, uh, Akira Tozawa. We had, um, you know, a bunch of different tag teams in the locker room and seemingly, banding together to now reestablish a dying tag team division that we've been missing for so long now, you know, as we've seen for these undisputed championship uh, tag belts with, of course, Jay and Jimmy Uso holding them prior. Then it was Sammy and Kevin. Now it was, you know, back to the judgment day, then now to Cody and Jay and now back to the judgment day, you know, the biggest complaint, at least that what I've heard from, wrestle community and wrestle talk and everything is that, you know, they're not fans of just putting single superstars together in order to have these tag team moments and matches and title defenses when there are legitimate tag teams on both promotions that are not being utilized and are just kind of being thrown away as one and dones. And that's really it. So when you saw almost, a good portion of Raw's tag team division start reforming. What were your first thoughts? Did you get excited? Were you excited with the fact that we might now have an actual tag team division coming back? Or do you think that this was just more of a, a tease 
for us fans. And we're going to continue with the putting together the crazy single stars and, and not really utilizing the tag team division. Dude, when I saw that backstage segment, that didn't even cross my mind until you just said it just now. That's what I, the, I'm thinking. This is what I'm the, watching. This is what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? The entire time I was watching that segment, I just thought it was just goofiness, just comedy, just ha-ha, funny joke segment. I mean, who were the – okay, so we had the New Day, right? The New Day. We had the there. New Day. We had Alpha Academy. We had okay. DIY. We also had, yeah. I think Imperium was there as well or came on later. Um, okay. Well, when it comes to the Imperium, I think they should be next up to go for the tag team championships. Okay. The New Day, they've been champions hella times already for so yeah. many, so many times. I can't even count them. Um, so I'm not excited about them going after them. Uh, the Alpha Academy, they've also been champions once at least on Raw, Raw Tag Team Champions at some point. Mm -hmm. But Chad Gable, I think he should be doing his own thing. I think Chad Gable should be the one to dethrone Gunther. But that's another talk for another time. Yes. Uh, same thing. Same thing for DIY. DIY. Yeah. Gargano. That's Tommaso Champa. Okay. Same thing, Tommaso Ciampa. I think he should be on his own. I'm not too thrilled when it comes to those teams. I'm not too thrilled about the tag team division. Also, the Judgment Day, they're heels, right? right. So do I do I really want to see? I don't think I want to see any of those teams feuding with the Judgment Day. And also keep in mind the Judgment Day. They're on TV a lot. So any team that's going to be feuding with the Judgment Day, that means we're going to have to see that other team a lot as well. You know, mm -hmm. so when it comes to that side, Monday Night Raw's tag team division, no, I'm not I'm not too thrilled about that. Wow. Wow. Is it just because you feel that it's not strong enough to really push that excitement level for the tag team division forward? Is it, is it that, that you're just not a fan of the tag team division? Like, what is it really? What's that? What's, what's the thing that you, that for you is like, you know what? Like it was cool to see. It was a comedy bit for me. It wasn't that thought of they're rebuilding a tag team division possibly in the future. So like, is that like, you know, for you, what was it? What, what was it? that makes you not such a fan of what that possibility could be. Mm. I think it was just all those things really. Like if you, if, if I think back to like, you know, these tag teams. Okay. So for example, alpha Academy and the new day, they had a tag team match that night on Monday night raw for the very first time. They've never yeah. wrestled together before ever. Right. So, their match was decent. And I say decent because Otis was in there and he was doing his, you know, the worm and his goofy stuff and the new day. They're also known to be pretty cartoony, pretty goofy, you know, just there was a lot of sports entertainment in that match. And there is, you know, that it's, it's called sports entertainment for a reason, right. but Chad Gable and Xavier woods, they're actual, they have amateur in, you know, amateur 
wrestling background. Correct. Right. So they were doing a lot of good things in that match. Um, and that match was actually pretty good. But they always have to go back to the to the the nonsense, the nonsense, the funny stuff, the goofiness. And I think that's the same thing that's <laughs> happening with all of those tag teams in that locker room. If if the WWE were to be like, okay, we're gonna put a new coat of paint on the new day. We're going to give them a different attitude, a different look, a more serious look, because I know the new day can go. I know that they can wrestle. I know they can fight, whatever you want to call it. And they just, they, they don't really show it because they're too busy doing their, their gimmicks, you know, and maybe I'm just, you know, getting, like you said, I'm just being too picky or whatever, but for reasons like that is, is why I can't really get into the tag team division. I mean, would you have, we have good tag teams. We have Imperium, but that wouldn't really make sense because they're heels. So, so is the judgment day. Um, and that's just on raw on SmackDown. I mean, I can think of the pretty deadly who are also really goofy, but they were doing pretty good right before their injury talking about injuries, right? The pretty deadly, they were having some good matches with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They won a tag team turmoil or tag team some type of tournament, and the, the mm-hmm. pretty deadly won, you know. So they were starting to pick up some steam. They got injured, they come back, and then they're back to doing the the goofiness again. So right. there's just uh, so many things I think that's that's wrong with the uh the tag team division but there's a lot of changes happening in the wwe triple h is taking over vince mcmahon is gone maybe hopefully hopefully you're right hopefully that is a sign of something new starting in the tag team division but they need a lot of work yeah i mean i i definitely agree with you for sure because the tag team division has shifted its dynamic from true technical tag team competitors to a lot more of these comedic tag teams. Like you said, Alpha Academy, New Day with the Bootios. They had, you know, now Street Profits and now the Suit Profits. It's like, you know, it, it seems like that division is almost laughing at itself with how ridiculous they did they don't even take themselves seriously and it's sad because mm-hmm. at one point that division was mm-hmm. such a big staple for wrestling and if you go down south you go you know midwest west even you know even up to canada when you go to a, a different promotion they almost put them as one of the leg pegs for that table that is what professional wrestling is you know they are one of those foundations for that table for being built and the fact that we're having this tag team division on a grander scale being seen by multiple eyes at any given time at any given day and being ridiculed almost and laughed at by having these single stars take away opportunities from legitimate tag team divisions that have already been pre-assembled it is like they're laughing at themselves with how much comedy now is a part of that tag team division 
you know, we, we've seen it countless times. And, you know, we've even had like Chad Gable has had a better run in a singles career than he's had since his reign as a tag team champion with Otis back a few years ago. And now we have decent tag teams like Pretty Deadly, the Sioux Profits, and, you know, Viking Raiders, you could say, DIY even, a very NXT legendary tag team themselves. Now being on this forefront of possibly a reformation is definitely a good sign. Like, for me, it's a good sign that maybe Mm -hmm. with Triple H being now at that helm of creative and Vince, you know, parting ways – that maybe we are going to get something in the near future, something maybe by Survivor Series, some tag team matches. Maybe at Crown Jewel, we're going to get some tag team matches. Maybe even, you know, something by Raw or SmackDown this week, we might start seeing some good tag team competition. Maybe tournaments will start coming back into play with the fact that, you know, you have two brands that are doing well with their single stars, but again, it's that repetitive motion of the same content each and every week almost like a safety net as i called it on a previous episode for like the judgment day ending and starting with monday night raw so Mm -hmm. for me it's it's definitely piqued my interest of what could happen but i too am just as worried that maybe we're not going to see that full gear shift to that potential tag team division maybe we won't get four belts maybe we'll get one set of belts that represents both brands and will be defended amongst both brands at any given time. You know, it'd be nice to even see a war games of tag teams going against each other for the tag team belts. Like that's an interesting concept that I don't think anybody's really thought of or pitched to someone like Triple H, you know? So maybe that's something in the near future if the division starts you know, gaining some energy and some motive behind it that maybe that is something we could see. I mean, hell, imagine, you know, Street Profits and Pretty Deadly versus DIY and Alpha Academy or the Viking Raiders and New Day versus the Sioux Profits and, um, you know, two people from the Hurt Business. You know, having these exciting moments for someone who watches these shows on a weekly basis, that's exciting. You know, bringing bringing this tag team division to – the light again is, is very exciting and hopefully we'll see it. But if not, at yeah. Least some yeah. Comedy. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad he point. I'm glad you pointed that out that, um, you know, they were all in the same room together at some point and, uh, I'm, I'm going to pay more attention to that now that you mention it for sure. Good to know. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm opening up your eyes right there. With uh, what could be happening on WWE because, of course, we've been getting a lot of mixed signals, of course, going into our next topic before we take a little bit of an ad break. But this one here, I feel we need to talk about a little bit more than anything. I know that it's been talked about all over the Internet, all over TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, I think has multiple channels. There's probably Facebook pages of these conversations. But Jay Cargill, as we now know, unless you've been living under a rock for all this time, has been now officially signed to the WWE. And since her signing to the WWE, we have seen her show up at not only SmackDown, but Fastlane, Raw, and NXT this past Tuesday. And, you know, there's been a lot of rumors of she's going to Raw, she's going to SmackDown, she's, 
you know, going to be going to NXT. No, you're wrong. She's going to be going back to the performance center. Then she's maybe doing something in the other indie scene and then coming to WWE. It's a whole bunch of crazy different paths that everyone's pushing everybody into. And there begs the question, where and when is her actual debut moment? Now, I'll say this before I leave it to you, Edgar, is what I said, which I want you to think about quick, is I think that Jade belongs in NXT. And the reason <laughs> why I believe she belongs in NXT is she is someone who wrestled in indie promotions and then got her big spot in AEW. And as an AEW superstar, unfortunately, they didn't utilize her to her full potential. She's had a lot of great moments in AEW as TBS champion, but majority of those moments have been overshadowed by squash matches and storylines that did not matter. I feel like we can go into an hour-long conversation just talking about that. But besides that, she's had someone by her side who's been her mouthpiece and hasn't really given Jade that momentary uh, ability to talk about herself and the directions she wants to go to when she gets into the ring. So my thing is, I think if she learns a little bit more of what the WWE has to offer with their developmental NXT, which under the guidelines and eyes of someone like Shawn Michaels, who is a big advocator of the women's division, seeing her go up against moments in NXT and having that NXT belt around her waist for maybe a few months and then possibly going to a Rumble debut and showing up at Raw or SmackDown that following week has a little bit more of an excitement than having her just show up at Raw and pick someone and feud with them because we've seen her and Becky had a little interaction. We've seen her and Bailey had a little bit of an interaction. Her and Charlotte have had a little bit of an interaction. I think Bianca and her have had a, maybe a little interaction on social media. So everybody's talking, everybody's flying around. But my thing is if we leave her in NXT for a bit, let her work out the kinks, let her get her mic skills, let her, you know, work out all that AEW rust that's on her and push her then to the main roster. If she still needs a mouthpiece, Paul Heyman uh, would be that perfect person to push her to that next level. So what are your thoughts? Damn, you covered a whole ton of ground there, man. But hey, yeah, I'm glad right. that you brought this up. I'm glad that you brought this up because this is probably one of my favorite topics going on right now. Yes, same here. Because I did I did my homework before I I came on to this uh I love it. I love it. this recording and I saw your video that you posted on TikTok yep. where you were saying that you know, you you think that Jade Cargill would be better off on NXT. I have no fucking idea. I mean, <laughs> Triple H Triple H even and in the press conference said it himself. I don't know. Right. We don't know. No, no one knows, but I am going to say that I think you're right because they have been teasing Jade Cargill on raw on SmackDown on what was it? Fastlane. She was Fastlane there with her like debut 
to WWE officially live. Yeah, but it was past Tuesday. It, but Jade Cargill has been teased more on NXT than anything else. So I'm afraid that you're right. And I say that I'm afraid because I don't think she should go to NXT. I think Jade Cargill, Jade Cargill, as soon as she signed with the WWE, she got the mega superstar treatment. They rolled out the red carpet for her. They played all these like advertisements and video packages on Monday Night Raw. Welcome our new all-star Jade Cargill and Jade making a really, really huge deal about Jade Cargill as they should because, you know, absolutely is Jade Cargill. And, you you know, something something funny, something funny that you said was, you know, she has to get that AEW rust off of her. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious. Um and I think that's what she's doing now. I think that's the whole point of them, you know, taking their time with it because she's getting worked on. She's getting worked on a lot, even though if we don't see it on TV, that doesn't mean that that they're okay. not working on her already. Right. Same thing with the promo. You're right. She has she had a mouthpiece the entire time she was in AEW. Does that mean that she's going to need one now? Hopefully not. I don't think yeah. so. I don't think so either. I'm I'm very hopeful that whatever they're doing with her, they know what they're doing. They're not just gonna, you know, throw her out there like the way that they did in, in AEW. And I think that once she comes out and when she has a TV appearance, it should be on the main roster. It's mainly because of all of the resources that they've used already you know just to show her the few times that they have right but that's the thing about wrestling man you know we can be wrestling fans our whole entire lives we can analyze everything you know to the t and do all kinds of research and everything but we we just never know we never fucking know and that's that's one of the things i like about it yeah no i mean you know, and I guess, you know, and again, it goes back to me being very picky about certain things. And if I was in that creative decision chair, this is how I would be doing and handling certain people because of the previous outcomes that we've had with superstars. You know, with multiple occasions, we've had superstars come and then fall flat. We've had them rebrand. We've had them rechange. We've had them reimagined, we've had them repitched, and, you know, there's just been missed opportunity, missed opportunity, missed opportunity, and, you know, the perfect, I feel, example to to someone like Jade is Cody Rhodes, because Cody, when he came in, yeah, he was fresh, he was young, he was talented in the ring, on the mic, he needed work, you know, at the time, NXT wasn't really around at the time, you know, it was still kind of being built, if if I'm remembering correctly, I'm uh, getting a little older now, so I'm, my memory's starting to starting to go a little. So uh, you know, I got to be make sure I'm right on that. But <clears throat> you know, it, to me, then we had Cody's dashing Cody Rhodes, and he then became this like entity of excellence and this entity of excitement and lore and attraction. And then he had the face mask, and he was the ugly Cody Rhodes. And then after that, it wasn't working. So then Stardust was created to fall in that alignment of gold dust 
and Goldust and Stardust would take teams on and be able to do things that only the Rhodes families could do, which is perform at the best ability that they can. And then when Cody got tired and sick, if you watch the documentary of his of, of him on Peacock, you know, you said it. I was drinking yeah. behind the scenes just to get fired. I was trying everything in my power to get fired because the way I was being used was not the way I knew I needed to be used. And then the moment what? he left, yeah. Hold on, hold he, that, hold that thought, hold that thought real quick. Because before I forget, because you're talking about Cody, and this is where WWE should be like, okay, we made a huge mistake with Cody Rhodes. Man, right. I'm telling you, I remember when Cody Rhodes first came out. From the very beginning, from day yep. one, he had it. And WWE, for some reason, they never saw it. They didn't see it or they didn't want to. I don't know. So we all know the story. Corey, Corey, Corey. Cody left and then he yep. came back a completely different person. <laughs> but that didn't, that wasn't necessary. And Correct. it's shit like that. Shit like that has to happen in order for WWE to be like, okay, we're not going to do that again. And right. we're actually going to do it the right way this time with Jade Cargill, hopefully. And right. even then, if you kind of think about it, Jade Cargill already did what Cody did, which was she was already in the, I don't think she was in the Indies, but I mean, she was in AEW. She kind of already made a name for herself somewhere right. outside of the WWE. So when she came in to the WWE, she was somewhat established already like the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes was when he came back to the WWE. Correct. Yeah, and and you know, a different point you could also argue is how, you know, this is really old now, but you know, if this is for me and you really who would know this is you know, mankind. When Mick Foley was in that indie scene for a long time, JR was his biggest advocate. He kept each and every week pitching mankind to, uh, well, Mick Foley really to Vince. Uh, Vince didn't want that Cactus Jack who came in with this gore and blood and violence streak because at the time it was really about the stars that he had and really working those bigger athletes, Lex Luger's, the you know, Hulk Hogan's of the world, the macho man's. And that was really the idea and, and the vision that Vince wanted that having these bigger than life characters shape and, and move and fuel that generation of wrestling at that time. But then after a lot of persistence, JR got his way. And what's really great is if you listen to the Folius pod, uh, which I love and I shout out to Mick and, and everybody that works on that. And, and, um, Connor over there, he's they're really, really great that, um, you know, Vince was like, fine, I'll let him in, but I'm covering up his face because I don't want him here. And you're going to see and feel your heart break when he doesn't deliver exactly what you think he's going to deliver. And the fact that Vince loved him from the first meeting and proved that not only, yeah, maybe wrestling-wise he wasn't the – fastest all the time and the biggest and the strongest and whatnot. But the, the lore of Mick Foley was that he was in Vince's eyes, that everyday man. He was that everyday man that was trying to fight along and be something from Long Island somewhere 
that many people didn't really recognize a lot of wrestlers from at the time. And having McFoley have that ability to go from mankind and then shift over to someone like Dude Love to then shift over again and have that ability to bring in Cactus Jack with, uh, you know, Terry Funk and have that, you know, uh, Texas Charlie, uh, Chainsaw Charlie and him team tag teams against the Road Dog and, and everybody over at DX and have these great iconic moments and memories that still to this day live up and almost are replicated from a lot of them. He was willing to take that chance. But as this business has grown, we have seen that that opportunity and optimism isn't really the same the way it once was many moons ago. But, you know, with Jade, going back to the point is, yeah, she's wrestled in AEW and she's proven, like Cody has proven, that he and she are both superstars. They are absolute generational superstars with talent and ability that is on a different magnitude. But the problem is for at least myself who watches this product is that it's the creative decisions and that booking placement that we put a lot of these wrestlers like we saw with Cody when he first debuted and how he kept migrating over and over and over and shifting and reforming himself. I worry that pushing someone like Jade with the star potential that she has without having that already like bumps and bruises and work ethic and TV moments on something like NXT with a visionary himself like Shawn Michaels under her, you know, putting her her under his wing and guiding her to that next level, which is the main roster. It then feels a little bit more easier for her to come back at something like a Royal Rumble and make her debut and the main roster eliminating potential feuds down the road and staring to what those next ladder moments for her and big pay-per-view staples are going to be and you know with that ring rust already on her from AEW like you said you know we I don't know I don't work for WWE I wish I was I wouldn't have to do the job that I do every day besides doing this you know I would absolutely in a heartbeat but Unfortunately, you know, we're just fans. We're just content creators. So that's all we are at the moment. But, you know, to me, it just seems like if they push her to that main roster very quickly, the way it sometimes feels that it's going in that direction, that they could really lose an opportunity and and burn this star's light out very quickly within six months, but then, seven months. But then but- – but then if you put her on NXT, who is she going to be wrestling? Roxanne Perez? She's like three feet Not tall. necessarily. Because have we seen, <laughs> not necessarily. I mean, yes, a lot of them are going to have to combat with someone like Jade and everything. And, you know, that's also another way for Jade to put over these ladies going into the main roster as well and potential rehashing of feuds. We've seen it with Rhea and Charlotte at WrestleMania. They had their moments in NXT when they were wrestling in the May Young tournaments back even before NXT and now coming all the way to, to WrestleMania, making it a full circle type of moment is something that I think Jake could have with somebody in NXT. And we've seen it now, you know, Natalia's been over there recently and Becky's been over there. Rhea's been over there. So it's not out of the realm of a few of these ladies that are maybe not being utilized like the Raquel Rodriguez's and maybe even Shayna Baszler's or Zoe Stark's 
to come down to NXT to start working once in a while or a couple of week program with someone like Jade before pushing her to that main roster where they can rehash it out now on the bigger stage, on the bigger ring, on for the bigger TV moment now that we're waiting for. So I feel like Dylan, that, Dylan, question, question, question. What's up? Do you watch NXT like regularly? No. I don't. I, I Did only you know watch Halloween few. Havoc. I watch bits of Halloween Havoc. Okay, Jade Cargill should not go down there. That show is going to mess her up. She you should go so? to the main roster. Yes, okay. I'm sorry, but NXT, it's a terrible show. You really? I you mean, they so? has this good. It has this good moments. It has this good moments. You have Brock Breaker good. down there. The pay per views, yeah. We have um sorry, I just I got thrown off there for a second. Um okay. where was I? Yes, okay. The uh the NXT, right? The pay-per-views are really good. Um, you have people down there like Braun Breaker, uh, you know, Isla Dragonov has great matches. Most of the people down there are a hit or miss, you know, it's mostly miss, and mm -hmm. I think Jade Cargill should avoid nxt at all costs okay i just thought i thought maybe it's yeah. good practice even if the show is not good could also boost the show as well having someone like jade on there good uh that show good. that show is gonna need a lot more than just jade to bo to boost to boost that show up <laughs> well that's uh that, it's that rough might be true. that might be true but you know i i i <laughs> you know, I don't watch NXT. I have some friends who come on the podcast who are big um, NXT fans and, and um, you know, would maybe say differently. Like, I'm going to make you, sure. I'm going to make you a bet. I'm going to make you a bet. Sure. I bet you, if you tell yourself, I'm going to sit down and watch NXT after the third or fourth week, you're going to be like, fuck this. I'm not doing this no more. Do you want me to start watching it this week? Because this Tuesday, oh, I'm, watching, I'm watching Halloween Havoc with Wolf on a live stream. So oh, I'm, you're I'm serious? starting okay. Tuesday watching it. But that's Halloween Havoc, right. mind you. It's not NXT. Halloween Havoc, I'm going to watch that too because of Isla Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes. That should be a good match. The only reason I tuned in to the first night was to see the debut of Lexus King. And then I just it. ended up watching. Yeah, that's the only reason why I tuned in. And then I just ended up watching the whole entire thing because it was already on my TV. And it was just on in the background. So. I love that. I love that. I do. I do. I mean, listen, I'll make you the bet. Absolutely. Uh, I, I will I will watch it for three weeks and, you know, starting this Tuesday and, you know, we'll, when the next time you're on, I'll I'll have I'll prepare notes. I will take notes on my phone and um, I'll even shoot you like text messages every time the show is over. I'll be like, OK, maybe or oh, I don't know, man, I think I might be right on this one or. You know what? I, <laughs> you know, so we'll, we'll definitely see. I absolutely would love to do this bet with you. This sounds like a great idea and a fun, fun time. So I'm definitely down and we'll start with it 
We'll start it with this Tuesday, and I'm a man of my word, so I will watch it this Tuesday, no matter how tired or sick or whatever the hell excuse I want to make up and be like, I don't know if I really want to watch this shit, you yeah. know? But I, I will watch it. Dude, I'm telling you, man, look, I, wa I watched Monday Night Raw. That's three hours, right? That's prison. Uh, Wednesday's Dynamite. Yeah, That's Wednesday's prison. Dynamite. Friday, SmackDown. Saturday, Collision. I damn near my only days off of, from watching wrestling is Tuesdays and Sundays. That's it. My, my days so, off from watching wrestling are Mondays, Tuesdays, and that's it. So I'm like, dude, I'm not going to sit here and watch this NXT show on Tuesday. Like, that's that's family time. Like, if the show was good, then I'll probably, you know, tell the wife and kids, like, hey, I got to watch some wrestling. But nah, nah, not nah. on Tuesdays. So, nah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But I'll make the bet with you. Absolutely. And and this will be clipped out because we're going to make sure that everyone knows that we, we mean business over here. And we're, uh, I'll tag you in it, of course. But, uh, yeah, absolutely, we will be um, – I'll start this Tuesday with Halloween Havoc. But, see, I feel like I feel like even watching Halloween Havoc, though, I might like it. So I don't know if that's a fair advantage because it's Halloween Havoc, so they're going to put on a good show. Like, they want to put on a good show. Like, it could be a good practice. Like, I'll, I'll watch it. From what's let's hold on, let's go to the dates. Hold on a second. So <laughs> Tuesday's the 31st. So 31st, the 7th, the 14th. So okay. So so the real three weeks, technically. I'll still watch it the 31st. I'm, I'm doing the watch along anyway, but I will watch it also the 31st. So the 7th, the 14th, and the 21st. On the 28th. Or the next time you're on, I'm going to try to get you on then maybe either November, December. If I'm still watching NXT by November or December, I don't know, man. Someone's going to have to tell me I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to feel like I'm wrong at that point anymore. You know? I'm going to start feeling, I'm going to start feeling untouchable at that, at that stage of the game. Real real MJF vibes. Real villain vibes. You know what I mean? So I will, I will give it to, like I said, I will give it to the 21st. So the 7th, the 14th, and the 21st, I'm going to thoroughly watch the show. I will not do watch-alongs. I will actually sit on at my TV, watch it like a 12-year-old, like, a 12 -year -old, like yeah. I'm watching original wrestling, and I will analyze it. I will write down all the matches. I will give my personal opinions on all the matches. And then, of course, the next time I have you on, that'll be the first topic we talk about. Because I know you're yeah, crazy. and if you win, and if you win, I'll send you a uh, a snug wrestling shirt. How about that? I like that bet. I like that bet. And if I lose, <laughs> I'll send you a uh, a last week of wrestling hoodie since we got the merch up. So we'll we'll send oh, you. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the merch up. We got a couple of hoodies. Got a couple of t-shirts. I'll send you the uh, the links actually in the description here for everybody. But I'll I'll send it to you personally as well and everything to check it out. Everything I feel is reasonably priced. It's nothing crazy. I'm not, you know, I'm not Kanye. I'm not trying to Damn. make everybody feel like, you know, you got to spend $200 on a hoodie or whatnot. So, well, I'm uh, excited now. I'm excited. I'm, yeah, I'm about to do the, 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 the so, Prince, the Prince Nana dance. Nah. Prince Nana dance. Hey, <laughs> let's get it. All right. So, we'll, I'm going to, I'm going to look at my calendar. We'll talk again after the show to really uh, try to get you on. So that way we can, uh, 
we can we can have an NXT review. That'll be the podcast. That'll be the it'll be a special episode. We'll do a special episode just for NXT for me and you. We'll get even. Well, I'll even try to get Wolf on here, who's a huge NXT fan, so that way he can also get. Oh his shit! Input. Yeah, yeah. We'll make it. We'll Damn, make it I'm, I'm about to get hella heat. Oh, one hundred percent. Wolf, Wolf's gonna fucking frost you. Wolf is gonna set fire to that ass. I tell you that right Wolf. now. Hey, Wolf. Hey, Wolf, I was just, I, you know what? I take it back, all right? I take it back. No, 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 no. You already made the bet. You already made the bet. That's it. Hoodie's, hoodie's going around. I tell you that right now. So definitely stay tuned because we definitely were going to be doing that. But as, of course, we put the jokes aside for a quick second because we got a whole other half, Edgar, to talk about more wrestling. But, of course, this episode, like all the other ones, have been sponsored. So now it's time for a little bit of an ad break. Nacho Nacho here to let you guys know WWE has finally tag teamed up to give you guys an exclusive link to the WWE shop where you can shop the hottest in gear, merch, title belts, and a whole lot more. Plus, they even added WWE NFL exclusive title belts and tailgate stuff for this football season. So go ahead, hit that affiliate link right there, and make sure you tell them the Last Week in Wrestling podcast sent you for the hottest and coolest new things that are happening over on the WWE shop. Plus, every time you get to the WWE shop, you know they're dropping awesome deals like 25% off, 30% off, even 50% off, including free shipping. So go ahead. What are you waiting for? Get your new gear right now using that affiliate link right there and make sure you tell them the Last Week in Wrestling podcast sent you. All right. I don't know if it was bad on your end. Was it lagging a little bit on your end? Mm, no, not really. But it was uh, pretty, pretty interesting. What was that all about? Yeah. Well, the WWE you know, and I have tag teamed together. We you, are now officially. You just said you just said that you don't work for the WWE. You're I lying. Don't work for the WWE. No, no, no. Let's get something very. You're very, doing. You're very... doing commercials for WWE. What well, is that? Yes, I am doing commercials for WWE, but yet I still bash the company from time to time and their creative direction. So I don't know if you want to call that working side by side or whatnot for the WWE, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, right? Hey. Yeah. All right, I got, I got the, I got the, uh, I got the scripts for Mondays and Fridays. I tell you that, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, no, we, we're we are sponsored by the WWE, of course. Anytime that you guys go to the WWE shop by using that affiliate link, it does give a little bit of money over to here, so that way we can keep giving you guys some awesome new content, more content. We're even trying to start a Patreon page, so that way we got for people that do subscribe to the Patreon, we're going to give you exclusive episodes of either podcasts episodes, watch-alongs that may be from a different promotion or what have you all the way through. So as we work on that, as we kind of get that, uh, you know, going and whatnot, uh, we also got a couple more other sponsors that are waiting for their finalization for a couple of other cool ads that we're going to be doing soon over here on the channel. But enough of all that money talk, as much as I love talking about money to an extent, it doesn't, it doesn't drive me, Edgar. I tell you that it's, Having it's having conversations with people like yourself, or just hanging out with everybody on a uh, day-to-day basis in the wrestling community. But I tell you now, we have a lot more to talk about because now it's time for my favorite promotion, and I'll be a hundred percent honest. At times, it definitely is my favorite promotion, AEW. Of course, that is now the second half of our show. Hey, listen, cheap plugs, baby, cheap plugs. We're all about it over here. So listen. 
We're going to get now into some AEW topics. And of course, the biggest one that I feel needs to have a conversation of some sort is the heavyweight division that AEW has kind of had, but really hasn't utilized their big men, people like Miro, people like Andrade, people like Wardlow or Powerhouse Hobbs. We've seen them in action. We've seen a lot of their matches and moments. You know, recently Wardlow has come back and has been doing the Powerbomb Symphonies and, uh, you know, Matt Seidel unfortunately received a few and uh, been having those squash matches again. And Powerhouse Hobbs just had that match with Jericho a week or two prior. So, you know, and and honestly, this question isn't really mine. It is from a good friend of mine and about wrestling on their podcast, which also kind of made me think about asking the same question to you and as well as to everybody else here. And of course, their episode to their Spotify and YouTube is down below for them. So shout out Asa and shout out Kay. But they are thinking that the way that we could utilize this possible heavyweight division if we really want to make a heavyweight division class and as much as a lot of us talk about the fact that we need to lose titles and not have so many titles that are in AEW have a heavyweight specific title for only heavyweights themselves and I want to get your thoughts on this idea do you think AEW is lacking in that heavyweight division and really bringing real eyes to their powerhouses of what their elite press uh, pro wrestling is doing each and every week? Or do you think that what they're doing is fine and we'll just leave it alone? Oh boy. AEW, man. Well, first of all, they have a heavyweight division. It's the world heavyweight championship who right now MJF has it that he's been going up against. I mean, what was the last heavyweight that he defended against was Samoa Joe. That was pretty good. I mean, he's going up against Jay White. That's not really a heavyweight. Um, Daniel Bryan wasn't a heavyweight. No, Daniel Bryan. No, but his name carries a lot of weight. You know, I can believe that Daniel or, or Bryan Danielson, you know, as a as a heavyweight champion, but. Most of the people in AEW, they're they're not heavyweights, not even close, you mm-hmm. know. But you did mention some good names like Miro and Hobbs, and hopefully one day they will get built enough to the point where they could potentially go for the AEW World Heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. Um, but to make like its own division strictly for just big men only specifically yeah no like like kind of like how you said you pretty much hit it right on the head is they already have way too many titles they don't have <laughs> to create a a whole nother division for that they just have to build on their heavyweight title division that they already have right yeah right i mean when i was listening to to Asa and K's pod, and I heard that, you know, I, I thought the same thing you thought too was like, well, we already have that world heavyweight championship already with MJF. We already have that title. So would that mean then 
that title would not be a heavyweight. It would just be an AEW championship, almost like a undisputed compared to a world heavyweight, how WWE did it, where they have the two belts on the two brands. And that's kind of how they maneuver through these, these new divisions that they decided to do something like that. Or if they were to do a heavyweight thing for their bigger men that fit that weight class of, let's say, you know, 260, 270 and above, then, you know, there's more opportunities for them to go after championships or maybe there's factions that they can develop to try to go after other titles like the trios, like Ring of Honor, like, um, you know, maybe outside of the brand of AEW going into the, you know, Spanish wrestling down south or Southern wrestling in like Texas or somewhere else and bringing that AEW name with that gimmick of we're the heavyweights of AEW. We're, we're that weight class of AEW. We're going to now come here to do what we came to do best, which is to demolish and take apart everybody here in this, in this promotion. So, you know, th- those are kind of the thoughts that ran through my head as, as they were talking about it on their pod. And to me, you know, I, I think the idea of it would be interesting because like we've said, you know, that utilization of powerhouse Hobbs and, and Wardlow and Miro and e- even people like Andrade haven't been too fully utilized. Like right now we have this story between, you know, CJ Perry and Miro about him rejecting his wife because she's hot and flexible and she's trying to be the new Paul Heyman of AEW. <clears throat> and, you know, she's taking on multiple different clients, possibly now Andrade as somebody to take down Miro to have him realize that he needs his wife by his side. And, you know, Warlow now with the Don Callis family taking down icons like Jericho and Warlow coming back with a new look in a sense and a new demeanor and a, a goal vision of I want MJF again. And it's just like, you know, they, they, they keep spinning that same wheel of creativeness. And I feel like at this stage, they maybe do need something of a, of a difference that segregates them from what everyone else is doing and maybe puts them in their own thing in a sense, you know, but I don't know about adding another belt. I feel like that's a little too much because we've had, you know, just AEW alone, we have like seven belts roughly, you know, and then if you add the ring of honor ones, it's like, another six or seven so new japan yeah and the new japan ones and it's just like you know that's cool and exciting and i feel like they're also missing the opportunities to utilize that other promotions and stuff like ring of honor new japan with those titles but i don't know maybe maybe a different creative direction for somebody in that heavyweight class maybe you know trying to see how i could word this correctly like maybe a different look, a different coat of paint, almost like a Cody Rhodes treatment for certain heavyweight stars to kind of push that narrative forward. Like what, what, what about that? How do you, how would you feel about something of, of that nature? Mm. I don't know. Re- rephrase that question again, really quick. Cause I'm not really, um, I didn't really understand you, too much. So you like, feel, do you feel that a restructuring 
of the heavyweights only is something that AEW should do in order to shed light on their actual heavyweight division that they don't really do anything with. Oh man, that's a, that's a stumper. Should they do something specifically with their heavyweights? No, I don't think they should. I don't think they would gain anything from that. I mean, they have a lot of work to do in general. And if they want to put more focus on their heavyweights or shed more light on the heavyweights, that's good and everything, but that just has to do with the feuds and the storylines and the creative and it's not really about like creating a tournament or creating a division for them. It's just about like, for example, big bill, mm-hmm. big bill, not that long ago. He was no one in the, in the AEW. He wasn't doing anything. Correct. And then out of nowhere, he gets teamed up with Ricky Starks. And now he's one half of the AEW tag team champions. They defeated FTR you know, the best tag team in the world, a lot of people would say. And now Big Bill, he's fucking killing it, you know? Right. It takes stuff like that to make um to make someone. It doesn't matter if it's like a heavyweight or a, a featherweight or a middleweight or or what 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 was it called before? A cruiserweight. I know before mm-hmm. they used to have like cruiserweight championships or they had like the the 205 live and stuff like that. That's that's good and everything, but I mean, I think times are different now. You know, before you did see mostly heavyweights that are big guys win the heavyweight title. I think that changed once Rey Mysterio became the heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. I think that was thrown out the window, right? So it's i mean i don't think it has to do with height or excuse me or weight a lot of it does you know a lot of it does but as long as it makes sense i don't think it really matters if they are heavyweights or not i think that everyone like the, the people that you mentioned like miro or like you know andrade andrade by the way had a fucking crazy dream match versus danielson that i was like yeah. oh my god you know, the other day, and that was just a cold match. It came out of nowhere, and it was, fuck, it was amazing. Um, It's stuff like that that AEW needs to do. Um, And I know that AEW, they're still a young company. Four years, they're still learning or whatever. Tony Khan is still learning. He's still pretty new at this. Right. But I think it is getting, I, I think it is getting better, and I think it will get better. Um, hell, you know, Christian Cage, he's putting over Luchasaurus, who's another big guy in a big way. He already yeah. changed Luchasaurus' whole dynamic. Luchasaurus before, he used to move like, or he used to try to move like a, like a regular featherweight guy, like doing backflips and spinning kicks. And now he's with Christian and now he's, he's wrestling like a big man now. Right. You know, it's just stuff like that, that they just have to work on little by little. And 
I think eventually they will get there and hopefully they get it down. Right. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, hope that answers your question. I, no, it does. It does. It does. <laughs> I know. I, I word these questions sometimes very uh, crazy. So I got to, it's something I got to definitely work on, but um, I got like a million thoughts racing at the same time when answering, like asking the question. So I just, uh, I word them very um, intricately, I guess. Very, you know, weird. But nonetheless. You're passionate. You're passionate. It's good. I like it. Passionate or picky. I don't know, man. That might be the title. I might have to change the title. Passionate or picky. That might be the name of the title for the episode instead. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I, I too kind of agree with that. What you said, Edgar, I think, you know, it, the division itself would be, light almost lackluster it wouldn't really drive me to watch Miro face Luchasaurus and you know Andrade face you know uh, Big Bill to say oh well these guys are the heavyweights of our division for AEW and to me it just seems like extra work for Tony to do when like you said perfectly, he's still learning to do what he's doing now, and he hasn't perfected it. Um, I think he's gotten a lot better throughout the years, but he's still not capitalizing on things that he needs to capitalize on to bring him to that next bracket of sports entertainment. And I feel like once he realizes that, then conversations like these or others could kind of be the topic at hand and and excite us for what is to come from AEW and its growth and its continuation of of a difference. And, and you just in- you just said something. You just said something <laughs> that uh, just gave me another another thought because you mentioned, you know, I'm not really excited to see Luchasaurus versus Miro, right? But AEW, they kind of already are trying to do these big men matches. I even call them like what, what do they call them the the big men slapping of meat matches or what is it? Oh, what do they call uh, it? Big beefy men mashing meat. Some shit like that. Right. Last yeah. time we saw, um, it was, who was it? Keith Lee versus what? Shane Taylor. Was it? I think that's his I name. For Ring of Honor. I don't really watch. Yeah. And they try to have matches like that every now and then will Hobbs versus Wardlow. Right. You know, they kind of, they kind of already are doing that, don't you think? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, Revolution, we saw um, Hobbs and, and, and Wardlow one-on-one, and, and then we saw him again at Double or Nothing, and it didn't excite me. Like, you know, it was very exciting to see Wardlow be that agile and quick and, and be able to maneuver as such a big person, but at the same time, it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't driving me to go out of my way to watch – them specifically for their match. Like I'm not, I'm not going to pay that 50 to watch just that match. Like that, that's not going to draw me. No, it's not. And and, and I think that kind of, you know, as, as fans of this product, we should look at as well. Like what is the, what's that driving factor to drive us to buy these pay-per-views, to watch these shows each and every week. And if it's not the card and it's not, that story and it's not this or that, then what is it? Because if you're not bringing me in in any way, and that kind of goes back to that 
first topic of WWE with the KFAB thing, it's like, if you're not going to bring me well, in with that well, creative if it's not, Well, if, well if, if the creative is not going to bring you in, if the story is not going to bring you in, if the feud is not going to bring you in, the, the only thing that's left is is the actual wrestling that's happening in the ring, which is, Correct. you know, Will Hobbs and uh, Wardlow, they're not going to be out there doing hurricane Rana's and suicide dives and stuff like that. And if that's what you're, if that's what you're into, then no, you're not going to enjoy a match between, you know, those two big guys. Exactly. Exactly. And that, yeah. And I think that kind of, that kind of rounds that out, you know, like if I'm not going to, I'm not going to come in with all the other things and it's average wrestling at most, then, you know, having a whole division for it. So it's a little out of the, out of the realm and something I'm definitely not going to be in tuned in with, but I, I appreciate no bones for allowing me to kind of react to that question here on the podcast um, and everything and shout out both to Ace and K for everything they've done for me over here on the channel and whatnot. But um yeah, so we'll we'll kind of make these last two topic questions almost interchangeable because they almost kind of are the same thing in a sense. You know, one of them was who is that who is under that devil mask and the other is with the whole Kenny versus MJF and you know, as of recent weeks, we've been seeing, you know, MJF and Jay White's feud that's been happening. It's very exciting to see MJF and Switchblade kind of start getting into that bitter that bitter rivalry that's happening, going now into uh, full gear. And, of course, with Jay White holding the Triple B, you know, this Saturday comes with Kenny versus MJF for Jay White's, I guess, now Triple B championship, as much as that pains me to say. So um, to you, like, Kenny is one of those guys who in New Japan was an absolute star. He is, you know, called the cleaner, the, the the real god of professional wrestling, a man that has been everywhere and back and done it twice over. Somebody who has electrified masses across planets. And now we're seeing these two different worlds kind of combined this Saturday, where you have the most saltiest and dirtiest SOB in all of Long Island, my favorite man of pro wrestling MJF versus Kenny for that triple uh, B title. But my question to you, Edgar, is if he does beat Kenny on Saturday, does that put him in the conversations as the greatest AEW champion of their time, even though it's only four years? (laughs) Oh, man. (sighs) Kenny Omega said something really funny to me the other day <coughs> on Dynamite, which he said, I'm the fuck, I can't remember the word, but basically said, if you want to prove that you're one of the best, then you have to go through me or something right. along those lines, right? No, I mean, MJF does not need to be Kenny Omega to prove that he's the best in AEW. MJF already proved it. I cannot think of other than CM Punk. Anyone else who had that title, the AW world title and made it to what it is now, like MJF did. 
I mean, Chris Jericho was the first one to win it. That was cool. Um, Hangman Adam Page. I mean, Kenny Omega had it. But MJF's run is going to be, I think, is already the top the top run out of all the reigns. I already think MJF is the greatest. And if he beats Kenny Omega or not, Kenny Omega is not going to make a better champion than MJF. Listen, I've been saying that since watching him live beat John Moxley last year at Full Gear in Jersey. I've been saying it. Unfortunately, a lot of the people that I work with over here on the podcast don't see that vision like I do, like yourself does. Uh, you know, but I get it. You know, everyone has their favorite. My favorite, of course, is MJF. But, you know, foolishness aside, like, to me, it more or less, it more or less to me, if he does win against somebody like Kenny Omega, it not only already solidifies that reign of being a champion that you've said he already has achieved with that run, but that, I guess you can call it machismo, that, that ego, that, that, that driving factor come full gear against someone like Switchblade Jay White makes it a little bit more of a almost is it gonna be at full gear or revolution i thought it was revolution no it's full gear it's full gear gear form gear form so like my my thing is you know with that machismo with that that oomph of excitement now with beating the cleaner beating kenny beating the streak of the longest reigning aew champion which would be kenny omega at the time um Going into now Jay White, who has sold out Madison Square Garden, who's sold out the forum. Jay White sold out Madison Square Garden? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's what he says. That's what he's preaching. So, you know, I'm 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 gonna hold him to the word. You know, okay. if you if you're willing to say it on television, I'm gonna believe you, you know. But hey man, okay. it could be wrong, it could be true. But, no, but no, Jay White is not going to be MJF. No, I don't think so either. Kenny Omega so shouldn't either. be MJF either. Kenny Omega, he's he's had his fun in the sun. He's right. had a his his long and successful career. He made a big name for himself somehow, and. It's time to let the new guys in. You know, it's time to put the new guys over. And Kenny Omega, he's he's getting old. He's getting old. So, you know, pass a torch, Kenny, and, you know, do the right thing. Don't let your ego get in the way. I know you're, uh, you know, part of the elite, the EVPs, and one of the guys that helped start the company and yada, yada, yada. But do the right thing. And let MJF beat your little streak because he's a better wrestler than you already in the short you know. amount of time. In the short amount of time that MJF has been in the wrestling business. So even the way that this was advertised, <coughs> Kenny Omega versus MJF on Saturday. Oh, and by the way, it was already advertised MJF versus Jay White. At, at full gear and i don't think that's going to change because no. the main the main event has to be 
MJF. The biggest draw is MJF. It's not Kenny Omega. It hasn't been Kenny Omega for a while. So a main event at full gear with Jay White and Kenny Omega is just not it's not good for for business. I'm sorry, but it's not compared to like a MJF, you know, being in the main event. So Listen, Jay White. Yeah. No, I was just going to finish up with Jay White shouldn't be MJF. And I don't think Kenny Omega should either. You have just won the biggest brownie points at Long Island. So you are welcome on Long Island anytime you want. Just let me know that you're coming. So that way we throw right. out the red carpet. All right. Honey, All right. we're going to Long Island. Okay. You absolutely are welcome <laughs> to come to Long Island with that answer right there. I don't even need to have a fucking rebuttal. All right. Like that was absolutely perfecto. And, and, and but mm-hmm. to be honest, that is my, my thought too is that MJF now, his career from winning the first Dynamite Diamond Ring to now five times being the Dynamite Diamond Ring champion to now being one of the best superstars that has come out from when this promotion and this company has started and growth and has seen that change and has been that drawing factor for so many years. He's had moments and and legendary type of title, uh, title opportunities that still hold up to this day. Hell, him and Jericho's little hanging out sessions that they did and the singing and the dancing still brings laughter and, and, and fun tears to my eyes when I see it. So now with, you know, all of that and now having him face one of, besides, you know, of course, like Osprey, you could say, and Okada and Tanahashi and a whole bunch of other New Japan icons and legends, Kenny is one of those in that New Japan realm, and having MJF now put another New Japan star little little hole in his belt to tighten it further and further as solidifying this reign as AEW champion only does good for him and doesn't hurt anything but boost AEW's sales when it comes to this pay-per-view at full gear against him and Jay White. So I already know Jay White is losing on full gear a lot of the people that i like i said i work with haven't really realized it yet but i'm letting them kind of enjoy their possible jay white run as AEW champion while it while it is happening let them let them enjoy it you know but i i'm also letting everyone enjoy their possibility of kenny beating mjf for saturday um enjoy it bring your tissues make sure you buy extras because when MJF beats the piss yeah. out of Kenny and everyone's crying on the internet and I'm going to be there laughing. Yeah, they should uh, They should really enjoy the time that MJF has left <laughs> in AW because 2024 is t- less than two months away. I'll, I'll be honest, and we'll, we'll talk about that briefly because it kind of ties into that, that last topic of who's wearing the mask is – 2024 is that big number that we keep hearing from MJF. You know, many people could say, no, it's not happening. Look what they've been doing for him. Look at the match opportunities that they've been giving him. Look at the the spotlight that they've been showing him. Like maybe that, that 2024 date is just for us now to think that it's going to happen. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. MJF, you can give MJF, all the money in the world, all the title shots, all the gold. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It happened with, with Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill went back, made a, a bigger, uh, Offer. you know, uh, you know, she wanted more money. 
Tony Khan said, okay, here it is. Jade Cargill came back a second time and said, I want this amount of money. I want more money than what I had asked for. And Tony Khan said, I'm going to give you more money than what you want. Like, how much money do you want? This this amount. Okay, I'm going to do you one even better. And I'm going to give you more money than what you asked for. And Jade Cargill still went to the WWE. I know. And so. and MJF said it's it's a penny that differentiates who he's, stay, who he's going to or who he's staying with. It's a penny. And... I know, I know Tony Khan's dad has deep pockets, but do they have does he have as deep of a pocket the WWE has? Is no, and, and, no, he doesn't have deeper pockets than WWE, but that's not even that's not even like the, the it factor. It's it's not even about the money, really. Yes, that is part of it, but it's about the bigger platform, you know, becoming a bigger star. Being in the ring with better, I mean, everything that Jade Cargill's been saying, all those reasons why Jade Cargill went to the WWE instead, that could be the same reasons why MJF wants to leave too. So I think it is very, very likely if MJF leaves AW. I'll say this I think it's a terrible idea. I don't think he's going to get used the way we would like him or think he's going to be used in WWE the way that he's that, going to be used in AEW. And that could be a factor. That can be one of Tony Khan's pitches to, to MJF. Like, Hey, yeah, that, you know, they have all the resources. They have the PC center. They have the media attention and all this other shit. But are you going to be a top guy over there? Like, is that something that, they can guarantee maybe not or maybe they can but that also goes into like the negotiations that i'm pretty sure it gets talked about like hey you know if i go to the wwe what am i going to do over there like what are you guys going to have me be doing over there like what and you that, know like that, i'm pretty sure go ahead, go ahead go ahead i'm pretty sure that's a conversation that that they also have you know yeah because like i don't know what he's going to be doing over there I don't I don't see him hitting Roman Reigns status or Cena status. I think they totally fumbled Cody in his return from I, I wouldn't say from the beginning because in the beginning it definitely was exactly what he wanted and it was a great comeback and him losing at WrestleMania from there on has been just a shit show since then. But could they do something like that to MJF? Possibly. They could bring him to heights of The Miz or LA Knight where there's momentary lapses of success and underdog stories that he can ride upon and ride that wave really well until Triple H decides to crash it and throw him into a loop of, of nonsense, you know, make him say, Hey, you know, we're, we got two people that are going to win the money in the bank 2024. We're thinking you're one of them. Um, but the other guy is so-and-so <clears throat> we'll let you know more closer to the date. Then they tell him, Hey, well, 
we're thinking maybe you'll almost win it, but then you'll lose it to that so-and-so. And then you and that so-and-so will have a feud. And one of the feud opportunities will be for that money in the bank briefcase because of what happened or, you know, they could give him the Dolph Ziggler treatment and make him to a you know a potential star, give him a belt, and then ruin that reign for him as quickly as it came. Um, you know, I, I feel like with the roster the WWE has already, that adding someone with MJF's mindset and creative direction might not be as welcomed with WWE because of what they've already would have had in place for him by the time he came over. And like, that's the biggest thing between, you know, as we know between WWE and AEW is the fact that with AEW, the wrestlers and the writers, if there are any over there are working side by side. If not, the wrestlers are kind of dictating how these things and these shows are going to go, you know, like Jericho said on a, on an interview or on a podcast um, where he goes, you know, I write for the first six months of the year, you know, it's four pay-per-views and two TV specials or whatever, but then, you know, someone gets hurt. So now we got to rechange a whole bunch of things. That's another two months worth of writing just because of this injury. And the injury is a bad injury (coughs) where they'll be out for the year. We're out for X amount of days or X amount of pay-per-views. Then it's rewriting the whole entire vision to somebody else and pitching that to the public and pitching it to Tony and this and that. And, you know, there's ideas that I have that might not be accepted. And because of that, you know, Tony's the one that makes that final decision because of his already working. I hope he goes, I hope MJF goes honestly, because it's been proven that if you're from AEW and you go to WWE, you become a much bigger star. You think so? It, ha- it happened with Cody. I'm Would pretty you really sure say, though, Cody's Cody's on top of the world still right now compared to his debut back on WWE. Yeah, really? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying that his booking has been excellent or that he's had a great run with WWE. Mm-hmm. But Cody Rhodes, he still gets crowd reactions. He still gets huge oh, yeah. pops. He's still selling out main events and selling arenas. And, you know, he's still the biggest fucking white meat baby face in, in the company. Like, he's still a big deal. A much bigger deal in WWE than he was in AEW. Right. Jade Cargill, same thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure she's going to be a much bigger star. Lexus King, you know, he's already he had his debut match on Tuesday. He he looks much better, looks much different, moves different, just a completely different person from AW. I I think it would benefit MJF to make that jump, but you're right. I mean, he might not be up there, you know, with the top people or like you know, up there with the Romans or the Brock Lesnar's or whatever. But it also depends on does MJF want to take that challenge? Does he want to, you know, get his hands dirty and do the work kind of like a LA Knight did and try to get himself over? You know, it's just, it just depends. Or, you know, MJF can just say, eh, I'm going to stay in AW 
because because I'm comfortable here because I know I can get away with whatever the fuck I want and I can be the champion and I can just stay, you know. What brand do you see MJF going to if he were to go to WWE? Do you think it's Raw or do you think it's SmackDown? Because on Raw, he's with Cody and with Cargill if she goes to Raw. So it's two AEW stars. But SmackDown, you also have some very good people there as well. I would say SmackDown just because I enjoy SmackDown better on Fridays. It's a two-hour show. It's just for me personally. Um I do like Monday Night Raw, but sometimes it's just like, uh. so it's the three hour and it's just the same thing every week. It feels like and so many video packages and so many commercials and it's just Smackdown has a different feeling because it's Friday. It's Friday night and I just get I got off of work and I'm feeling good. I'm going to watch some wrestling and. So I would say I would say SmackDown if MJF were to make that jump. Okay, I like that. I like that. Hey, listen, we fantasy book over here, so absolutely, I I, I love it. I do. Um, but speaking of MJF and 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 everything like that, the, the the kind of the kind of final question of the night, of course, and then we'll get to the fun question of the show. But um, who do you believe is underneath that devil mask? Do you think it is? Adam Cole in the kingdom? Do you think it could be, you know, Big Bill and Ricky Starks? Do you think it could be who I'm thinking? It's the Guns and Juice Robinson. Wow. Well, when this first happened, this was when all of this stuff with Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, uh, Mike and Matt Bennett, all that stuff was happening with them. I think mm-hmm. this was before the injury. So uh, my- yeah, I think so too. So my prediction, and I'm, I'm also thinking about how many people were in that backstage segment. So we had, I believe it was th- three guys and the masked man. So a total of four people. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking the masked man was going to be Roderick Strong. And the other three guys was... Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and who was the fourth? I don't know, but I think it's Roger Strong, the masked man, and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are going to be the other guys that were involved in all that melee stuff. But that was that was a while back when I first predicted this. If I think about this now, yeah, I don't know, man. It could be anyone now. It can be anyone. I really, I could not put a finger on it at all. Yeah, I, I've been saying the guns only because the guy in the mask, his height is more to Austin Gun than any of the others. And that body build also looks like Austin in there and it makes sense because with Jay White realizing that he really doesn't need Bullet Club Gold to be a champion since he's been a champion without them previously um you know and the guns having i feel this this animosity towards Juice and Jay with getting a tag team title shot 
against FTR at the time without really working for it on that collision match that because of that, they've been plotting this idea to get back at, at Jay and Juice, but maybe Jay and Juice um, also are having a feud that we don't know about. And the guns are going to use that also to take out Jay and Juice already starting to do a lot more singles runs, I would say, especially with this, this battle Royale that just happened and his match with MJF and the guns not really doing much in the background, except for that one tag team opportunity at a recent pay-per-view. I feel like that maybe makes that idea more of a reality, but if it is, if it is the guns, yeah, I say they're going to reveal themselves either before or at, or at full gear. Okay. If it's at full gear, they're, they're yeah. I, yeah, if they're, so, so if they're going, go ahead. So the reason now that you know, I'm I'm starting to like think back of why I even predicted <laughs> that it was Bobby Fisher, Kyle O'Reilly, because that can open up a lot of doors for potential matches. You know, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole and MJF for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Um, it could also lead to, you know. Adam friends real uh, Adam Adam Cole's real friends are back Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly and then that can cause a turn you know between Adam Cole turning on MJF and then Adam Cole and MJF having a feud mm-hmm. um so those that was my reasoning of, of predicting that it was going to be you know um Roger Strong Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly but I mean, if it if it is the guns, that would also be really cool. I can see that happening for sure. Because if they show up, they show up at full gear. They're going to cost Jay that match, allowing MJF to retain, mm. which makes sense because Adam Cole, nor Roderick Strong, nor Mike and Adam Bennett are talking really about the mask or anything really about it. Mm. It's only the guns and juice and Jay. So to me, they're almost saying it without saying it in a sense. So I don't know, but full gear is not that far away, man. I tell you. So we definitely, we'll definitely have to keep our eyes out for what's going on because hopefully, hopefully that is the biggest thing that happens at full gear. One of the biggest things that happen at full gear. Cause I know we have this thing in Darby Allen match. Uh, against with maybe Edge versus Christian Cage, Nick Wayne, and Luchasaurus. So that ought to be a very interesting six-man tag and everything. But speaking of Christian Cage, (laughs) we have the fun question of the evening, which is who out of these two names do you believe is the true villain of AEW? Swerve Strickland... Or the father hater of the year, Christian Cage. Christian Cage is such a dick, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Christian Cage. You don't think you don't think what Swerve did Wednesday with Hangman in his house was villain enough for you? I mean, he's trying. 
But that's the wow, thing. Wow, you're not a Swerve fan? I know. I'm a huge Swerve fan. I oh, like okay, okay. I love Swerve. I love Swerve. But I think he's trying way too hard. I think he's reaching. Uh, it's not the first time that Swerve Strickland has trespassed in other people's homes. I mean, with the, the whole thing that happened with Nick Wayne, that was just like, uh, that, that was, was just, wild. it was way over the top. It was too much. It was like, to a certain point, like I get, I, I get it. It's, it's sports entertainment. It's a, it's a work. Everyone's in on it. But like, sometimes I just want to wonder like, holy shit, was that supposed to happen? <laughs> but those, those video, those video packages that Swerve has been doing, it's like, yeah, that's supposed to happen. Yeah. This is, you know, it's, it's definitely a work. Like this is not a shoe in any way like you know it's just and with christian it's completely different i mean you saw the press conference right when brian alvarez asked christian oh have you ever seen nick wayne wrestle and he was like dead ass serious the whole time and really it was the, the shit that christian does is believable that shit last is night, real last night him calling rick flair old and with a black liver and he should have died like 20 years ago was yeah. just wild. I mean, the yeah. man is hated on fathers, on uncles, on grandpappies. Yeah. Like I'm, he loves his women, which is great. I love my women. We all love our women, but he hates the fathers. He hates the uncles. He hates the grandparents. Like it's yeah. just, it's a wild villainous brain, but honestly, yeah. You know, it's I'm going Christian Cage too. Christian Cage is really it's and I feel like it's a lot more off the cuff than him explaining or telling Flair what he's going to say and kind of preparing him for what's going to happen or Nick or Darby. Like I feel like those exchanges on the microphone are a little bit more real what Christian's saying and it's really coming from a bad place. Like he's truly, he truly hates yeah. He truly hates Yeah. Him. And, and, and Swerve Strickland, he's a big, he's a big YouTube guy, right? He's a big rapper. And I think one of his cousins works for AEW. Who's like some type of like movie director or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. So, so Swerve Strickland, he likes to do a lot of these, cinematic like video packages and shit like that right yeah and it's just it's, it's just a lot of a lot of acting a lot of residing lines and a lot of you know movie shit you know which is yeah. cool it's cool but like i mean christian he's just fucking cutting some nasty promos on people and telling them you know that reminding everyone that their family members are dead and just talking shit, you know, I it's, love it. it's, it's a lot simple. It's sometimes less is more, less is more, you know, uncle cage, uncle cage, as, as Santos says right here in the chat, uncle cage. Absolutely. Mr. Father hater of the year, uncle hater of the year, grandfather hater of the year. Father, he just, he just hates the males. And I don't know why, but it is what it is. Maybe he wasn't a fan of his dad growing up. But nonetheless, that is it for us here 
at the Last Week in Wrestling podcast. Edgar, you've been an absolute pleasure. You definitely, definitely got me thinking about a few things here from a lot of these topics. And I tell you now, I don't know if I'm going to look just as good as you with that snug wrestling hoodie on, but I definitely (laughs) will be rocking it well. Absolutely, because I'm very excited for this bet. Um, You'll need to let me know what your size is so that way I can get it and put it on the side for when it's possibly time. I might just send it to you anyway uh, and everything just for the giggles uh, and whatnot. But I tell you now, you've been an absolute pleasure, man. It's been so nice to re-see you again on this platform. Um, We definitely need to do this again very, very soon. We're definitely going to do a very special episode of NXT Thoughts for everybody here. So we'll definitely stay tuned with that. We'll let Wolf in on the secret. Hopefully he's watching the pod and letting him know, letting himself know. He will definitely have a lot of things to say to both of us and school us probably in NXT. So we'll probably get a nice little learning lesson from Wolf. But nonetheless, Edgar, I'm going to leave it to you now. Let the people know what you do again. Let them know where to find you. Let them know everything that's cool and exciting happening in your life over there at uh, Sacramento and, of course, in Snug Wrestling. Yeah, that's right. And don't forget to hit me up at Snug Wrestling on all my social media accounts. I'm on TikTok. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And I got a link tree at Snug Wrestling. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify. I'm everywhere. So. Hit me up. You know, I have weekly shows. I have at least three or four shows a week that I put out. And, um, yeah, check it out. Hit me up. Like, comment, share, subscribe, or just say hello, whatever is good. Um, And, yeah, thank you, Dylan. It's been a while. You were were dodging me, man. You were dodging me. I was like, when am I going to? Get back on the show, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to dodge you. I just like I said, we got we got a little busy over here. That's all. I, I, I swear, gotta... I, I swear I'll behave and I won't I won't, you know, get you canceled. All right. At least I'll try. Hey man, don't worry about that. <laughs> Pay-per-views is where we have to get loose and wild and reckless because those always make the shows better. But without you and everything, we also have the amazing people that come here and watch us each and every week. So I want to say thank you to all of you fans out there, everyone that tunes in live, like Deontay, like Santos and Sean, and everybody that comes in on these watch-alongs each and every week. And, of course, everybody that goes and views the actual shows after they are up on YouTube, as well as everybody on TikTok. I thank everybody so much for everything that we've accomplished here. Without any of you, including you, Edgar, we wouldn't be where we are today. So thank you. Make sure you send Edgar his flowers. Make sure you blow up his pages on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, Apple Podcasts. You better be listening to him maybe just as much as you listen to me here. You know, I do got to have a little competition with you. But nonetheless, it's all fun and playful. But definitely go ahead and hit him up. He has some amazing content over on TikTok, which is where I feel like you're the most dominant in on, on your content creation is on TikTok. So definitely go ahead. I put that link in there. For everybody, I'm going to put your Apple link uh, for your podcast after this video is done and edited because you sent it to me on the phone. So I'll definitely make sure to recheck that and, and put that on there. But of course, Edgar, I'm going to have you just hang back after the show ends so we can talk about what happened. And uh, that's it. Have a great night, everybody. Tomorrow night, Friday Night SmackDown and AEW Rampage Watch Along. We are doing both 
shows. I cannot wait to see Mike Santana wrestle Ortiz. That is going to be one hell of a rampage fight. I just saw Mike Santana. I met him, and I got to talk to him a little bit after his uh, House of Glory match a few weeks back over in Jamaica, Queens. This was awesome. He was a really great guy. And, of course, this Saturday, AEW Collision Watch Along. We're going to be throwing a big, big party as, of course, MJF, the devil himself, beats Kenny Omega. I'm sorry, everybody. Enjoy your Kenny Omega stand moments for now because MJF is about to ruin all of you come Saturday night, baby, and I can't wait to see it live. And, of course, Sunday we have another podcast with Wrestling Exotics. They're awesome. Definitely go check them out as well. We'll have them on Sunday to talk about everything that has happened throughout the whole entire week and a whole bunch more. But, Edgar, again, thank you so much, buddy. I'm going to say goodnight, goodbye, and see you, everybody, tomorrow for, of course, Friday Night SmackDown and AEW Rampage. Good night.